Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm glad to be with you today. I can't wait to spend these two hours with you. If you are listening live, uh, welcome. And if you just tuned into the podcast and it's later tonight, welcome. Nice to have you here. We're going to have a great show. Patrick Albanese is going to be joining me momentarily. And David Miles will be coming in, Pastor David Miles, for the Monday afternoon mix. My second hour will be Dr. Andy Scudinga. He's a psychologist and professor, so we're going to look forward to the show today. I'm looking forward to uh, catching up with Patrick, my friend from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome back. Hey, thanks. It's the shortest day of the year. Today. It is. It is. Yeah. And I uh, I just, what's the 21st, I just cracked open the chocolate advent calendar. <laughs> yeah. The chances are good. I'll probably still finish a day or, day or two before Christmas. <laughs> so I may have to adjust my plan next year and get that thing opened on. I think the 23rd might be the, my safest bet. Yeah. What is that? What, 12 chocolates a day? I that's could about right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that seems, you know, they're so small. Yeah. Well, you know, um, if they really wanted to do it, it'd be a full Hershey bar in there that you say, well, I can't possibly eat, the, you know, more than one a day. That's yeah. how they should do it. That's my record. You know, I, I consider you, Patrick, a fairly uh, bright guy who isn't easily fooled, but uh, not There's so much. Your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> not so much after what happened to you a couple days ago. Well, okay. Uh, any longtime listener to the show, first time caller, uh, you know, knows that uh, my dog prefers my wife. Uh, by a long shot, by the way. By a long shot. It's embarrassing yeah. when she walks in the door. I was like, I had no idea this dog was capable of movements <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know, that dog looks at you and, and thinks, movies? and you are? I'm I'm number two. Right. Number four, right. really. The kids come, and then like two and three, and then I'm number four. Now, you remember the movie Toy Story that they had the dog, the slinky dog? Mm -hmm. The old slinky dog? My dog can actually do that. <laughs> but we'll only do it when, when my wife walks in the door. So... He also loves to, I'm the guy he goes to when he needs something like to go outside to take care of business. And he will always wait. He will wait till I go downstairs. He almost hears me sit in the chair and then he says, now go get him. So I have <laughs> back up. Wait till he's comfortable. And as soon as I'm, yeah, I'm comfy in bed. That's when he comes and he starts tugging on the comforter. It's like, okay, let's go, buddy. I'm like, I, I, I offered, I offered five minutes ago. You rejected me. <laughs> and now that I'm laying down. So the other day, of course, we do the song and dance and uh, I get comfy in bed. He comes in, he tugs on the comfort. I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. I offered a couple of minutes ago. And so I get out of bed. I walk to the back door and I look behind me. I realize the dog is not following me. And so I go back to the bedroom and he has taken my spot on the bed. His, his head on my pillow. He was just trying to get rid of me. He had no intention of going outside. And when I tried to move him, he growled at me like, haven't you heard that saying? Let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> Dibs. 
I'm here. You know, you got to, you know, it's like, it's like when you're with your siblings and you're like, oh, you got up from the green chair. You got up from the green chair to, 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 to go get something in the kitchen. You, that means you gave it up. Yeah. You know, so you never moved. There's no dibs. Yeah. Get up from it's the no, green chair. Not with a dog. No, it's open. Was, yeah, it was like you, yeah, you're right. With the green chair. If you got up, you ceded the territory. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so now that's the game my dog is now playing. Now, oh, I, I actually, I, this is maybe cruel, but I just, I didn't talk to him much the next day. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't mean to him. You know, like I, I don't have that in me. He's a wonderful dog. But I was like, I was like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not your friend today. <laughs> <laughs> and did you and notice that you giving it. him the cold yeah. shoulder didn't bother him at all? Yeah, he probably said, this is, this is kind of the long-term effect <laughs> I was hoping for. <laughs> so I'm tired of playing pretend with this guy like I like him. Oh, funny. This works out great. Yeah. So I got duped by a dog. Duped. Well, you know it's, what? My wife laughed for two days. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a funny story. You know, so, all right, we're getting so close to the end of the year, which I think for many people are going to go, okay, I'm all right with that. I'm ready for a, a fresh start, a new year. Um, and again, I think that I'm reminded this year more than ever what something I learned from one of my earliest Bible study teachers. And he taught me that old uh, ACTS acronym for prayer, A-C-T-S, which is Adore, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. And he also uh, encouraged and taught us to have a, and to develop a gratitude muscle. So thanking God for things that just are not subject to change. He said, so if you daily give thanks and have gratitude for what God has done for you, which is not subject to change, when circumstances in your life change, and they will, you will have spent tons of time developing a spirit of gratefulness and thankfulness. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like they always say that the, when, when everything's going swimming, swimmingly, not easy to say, uh, it's very easy to have gratitude. And, uh, of course the time you need the ability to have gratitude the most is when they, maybe they aren't, uh, going so well. And, the best way to develop that muscle is to work it continually, mm -hmm. just like anything else. You know, you, you don't want to, uh, you and I go to the gym. We don't know why we do it, but, uh, we're assuming that it's someday if there's, you know, if, if, if a bunch of mountain lions and pumas take over your neighborhood, <laughs> you, you want to be able to move pretty quickly. Yeah. Or at least now, faster we than your neighbor. Also know that if you, just, just a little bit faster than your neighbor, right? <laughs> No, we also know that if you did no training whatsoever, that uh, th those muscles would not be reliable if there was an emergency. So we say, well, I'm always at the ready. Mm -hmm. And gratitude's like that. It's another muscle. Yeah, if you continually work it, then uh, in some of the tougher times, and I've had, I'm living that now, you know, it's obviously COVID has changed a lot of things. We helped a friend the other day who had to sell his place because he lost his job due to COVID and he's having to downsize a lot. And he was in um, a, a bad space, but we, we did try to find time in our, with our time together, uh, moving stuff to be grateful that some things, you know, part of it went okay. Some mm -hmm. of it, and there's still an awful lot to be grateful. He still had options. And with God, you always have options. Always. 
So, Patrick, I had a kind of a off the top of my head list of things that I sort of regularly come to mind when I'm going through a, a spirit of just wanting to be grateful and thankful. And it's it's the the idea that God's God will always keep me. He will always be with me. Nothing will ever, ever, ever separate me from his love. And I've been marked with a, a seal from the Holy Spirit guaranteeing my inheritance. And I'm saved from his wrath. I'm I will be resurrected. I'll be conformed to his son. I'm blameless in his sight. I'm God's possession. Uh, I'm heirs with Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm blameless in his sight. Nothing can snatch me out of his hand. He has forgiven all my sins. He has redeemed my life from that pit. And he has satisfied my desires with good things. I mean, this list could go on and on. Um, This off the top of your head. Yeah. You just... Well, said, are, you know, if I'm just going to do a quickie, yeah, here it is. Yeah. And, you know, 2020, wow. I think, is pretty safe to say that that not everybody, hardly anybody got everything they wanted. But I pray that people are getting what they needed because that has been the case with me. And I know God's been meeting your needs, too, in a time when you're not getting everything you want, but somehow your family's getting everything they need. It's, you know, I, I think, as you know, I often say I'm not one of those people that feels like he can hear God talking to me, but I'm a very good uh, forensic scientist later and can find the, the, the fingerprints and the thumbprints of God's work in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, having gone through a lot of what we've gone through this year, uh, I would say that the, my discoveries of his fingerprints are a lot closer to the actual event of when it happened, because uh, I think I'm just much more aware of like, well... Gosh, look at look at that very fortunate thing that uh, just, you know, happened to come in and fill that gap that was created by COVID mm-hmm. and lack of work or, or whatever the um, situation might be. Um, you know, my wife had to take a, a pretty hefty pay cut at her job, but was able to keep her job, which was a nice thing. But it was a hefty pay cut. And we thought, how are we going to do this? And I don't think it was two weeks later that a friend that um, runs a department at a college here said, you know, I'm having a hard time keeping full-time people here. Can you fill the gap and teach a couple of classes? And the amount of money that she was paid made up the exact pay cut that she just taken. You say, "I, I don't know if I need to really examine deeply this event in our life to say, well, that's some pretty fancy footwork on God's part. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of footwork, it does remind me of that lovely poem of Footprints in the Sand. You know, it's a yes. fairly popular uh, poem, and it describes a person who sees two pairs of footprints in the sand, uh, one of which belong to God and the other to him or herself. And at some point, there's only one pair of footprints. The yeah, you the know, one I, set. You were, and now I can't find you. Yeah, and during those times of trial and suffering, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. And yeah. I think, uh, what a powerful image. And I, I just have a feeling there's many out there today that as we're getting closer to the Christmas holiday, and we're being reminded that gatherings might not look the same or feel the same or frankly be the same. So uh, we're starting to feel already these little tinges of uh, anxiety or stress or uh, possible loneliness, and just know that God has got his arms around you, and he is uh, loving you and maybe carrying you during that stretch. All right, Patrick, yeah. let me take a little break. Patrick Albanese is my guest, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. We'll take a short break. Be right back.
would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'm back with Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, you know, tonight, um, just as a reminder of the light of Christ, in John 4, uh, 12, 46, it says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Now, tonight is going to be kind of a fun little um, reminder of this light uh, as we look forward to Christmas, because the great conjunction happens this evening. Saturn and Jupiter will be separated by only six arc minutes. Now, this is not to be confused with the electric company's conjunction, junction, what's your function, right? <laughs> No, exactly. Exactly. I think with something to do with language, I'm not sure. Yes. It, yeah. It, it, what this, this is is a uh, it's you know it's so apropos of the year 2020. It is that, that this would be we're happening. We're having this once in what since 16. It, it's been 400 years. Yeah, roughly. Uh, that was the last time those two planets uh, passed that closely. I think they were five arc minutes apart in 1623. And for those of you who want to know more about arc minutes, uh, you have to subscribe to my video series. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's it's the amount of time, obviously, these two, uh, they're, they're passing. And so 1623, they passed by five minutes. And in, uh, let's see, what did you say, 12, 1226, they passed by two minutes. Now, here's an interesting point. It, uh, that, by the way, that was just 11 years after the signing of the Magna Carta. I don't know if they're related events. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it is either. Yeah. But, you know, keep in mind, this will be visible tonight, about 45 minutes after sunset. And it's going to be at its highest peak in the sky tonight. So some astronomers, of course, you know, believe that this is the kind of light the shepherds and the Magi saw that led them yeah. to uh, the manger. But the year Jesus was born, this occurrence uh, was, happened three times. Jupiter and Saturn met not once but three times. And so this is a triple conjunction. And I get the feeling that the night that Jesus was born, the arc minutes were perfectly aligned. It's just my guess. So sue me if my hypothesis is wrong. But that's just a guess. And triple well, conjunctions are rare. The next one is going to take place in 2239. So this is amazing. And it's amazing. so they're, they're thinking this may be what happened. Um, I wonder how many arc minutes they would have been apart. Like it's like I, I like looking at the stats. You go tonight. It's there's six arc minutes. I don't know what an arc minute is, but I've already sent in the credit card payment <laughs> for your video series. <laughs> Good. I, I think 32 videos seems excessive. It does seem, but the detail. It's a fair price. You got to admit. It's a fair price, yeah. and I love the monthly payments. <laughs> They're reasonable. They're, They're reasonable. Wrapped right up into my mortgage, <laughs> and it's all in escrow. I think that I think that was a, a nice touch. So there was six arc minutes tonight. Uh, tonight, six arc minutes. Some, yep. yep. Two arc minutes in twelve twenty-six. Yep. Five arc minutes. So it seems like we're missing. I was like, hey, we we need Raiders of the Lost arc minutes. To <laughs> we do. Here. We do. But a triple conjunction. Yeah. That Which happened around the time. A of... lot like a triple negative, I suppose. Yeah. Yep. Very rare. Yep. Um, and they think this happened multiple times. So not not hundreds of years apart. The last one was 400 years ago. The prior one was 400 years before that. Mm-hmm. Next one's not happening for 240 year, 220 more years. Yeah. 
But during Jesus's time, it happened a bunch of times. Three times in one year. Yeah, I could easily see why some people might say that might mean something. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be very, very bright. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. In terms of seeing these, the, the, the two planets. Yeah. And they, they should look pretty perfectly aligned tonight. So if you get out uh, about 45 minutes after uh, sunset, you should be able to get a nice view of it. Well, I don't have a telescope, but I do have a very, very powerful pair of readers. Nice. So Did you get those think, right at Walgreens or what'd you do? I did get them at Walgreens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They were on the I top shelf. That, I don't think that'll help, but anyway, just my thought. Well, it says two times. <laughs> <laughs> two, two X's probably, it, it's good, isn't it? Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> These days you can probably see it great with your phone when you think about it. You can pr- you know. practically do everything with your phone. You can practically do everything with your phone. Yeah. Uh, it'll tell you where it is. I know you can point, you can do constellations with your phone and it'll say that's the Big Dipper right yeah. there. I remember when a phone was an incredible luxury. I had a phone... My first phone was installed in my car. It was an eight-hour install job. And, you know, airtime was like $1.19 a minute. So you could only afford to call someone and say hello and goodbye, and that'd be it. Yeah. But yeah, you had a phone was, in your car. Uh, my my, uh, my friend Craig, his dad, he had the first, you know, car phone. And this would be mid-'70s uh, that he had one. And uh, I think the only time he ever used it was to say, I'm in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Come on out. Let's go eat. That cost a dollar seventy-five to say that. <laughs> but it was really cool. We we could look at that phone. But I said, like, do not pick it up. I think it costs money just to pick it up. It costs money to look at it. It costs money to look at it. Well, he charged us, so that but makes sense. Yeah. 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 So anyway, it's a big night to look up into the sky and it might be a good night to just say, I'm gonna go for a walk and I'm gonna take my favorite few Bible verses and uh, just go out and look up at the sky and recite them um, and what, just spend some time with the Lord. And we happen to also have, you know, some some very nice weather. It's about 42 degrees here in uh, prestigious West Des Moines. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's actually, we may take the dog for a walk, but I may opt out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We haven't decided. Can I? Re- yeah, it's, it's nice to get out because, as you know, we've we've we've. Remember the old thing, fear of missing out. Yeah, we yeah. Now it's fear of going out. Fear of going out. Yeah, yeah. We went from you know fear of missing out was like I got to go everywhere to fear of going out, and uh, maybe this is a great opportunity. And you can socially distance. Yeah, I mean they are going to be six arc minutes apart. I know that's true. So here's a verse to concentrate on if you go out into the night sky and 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 take a look up into the beautiful heavens and look at this uh, uh, phenomenon tonight is Psalm 8 in verse 3 it says when i consider your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have set in place what is mankind that you are mindful of them human beings that you care for them the psalmist was going wow lord you care for us when i look at the sky and i see what you've done in your handiwork and yet it's us you care about and love it's amazing yeah, it really is, and uh, hopefully it does help us, you know, take in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes really the only thing you need is to get out of your own head, and maybe the best way to do that is to look at something grander and bigger, and it reminds you that uh, God's got this. Yeah, I'm just uh, got a, a 
text from a listener, uh, cloudy and rainy in Madison, so no viewing of any stars. That's a bummer. That's no good. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, how about a, I never do this, but how about a preview for uh, tomorrow's show? I've got uh, Kristen Scott Benson coming up on the show tomorrow. And uh, for you and I, as a couple of banjo players, um, you know, if if you like basketball, no, 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 no. We, we we own banjos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we have them in our homes. Um, yes, but you know, if you're a if you're a football fan, you might want to meet Patrick Mahomes. Or, um, yeah. but for a banjo player to talk to Kristen Scott Benson, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean, she's won I think just about every award there is. She's already gotten the Steve Martin Prize for excellence. Uh, but, uh, and it's so funny when you mentioned that, I said, when you, you had sent me a text saying, I'm going to have Kristen Scott Benson on, I actually had the banjo on my lap and I was, uh, trying to play her version of a classic bluegrass tune, a uh, blackberry blossom, uh, fiddle tune really. And, uh, you know, I heard her play it and then she made the music available and I said, well, I'm just going to get that. And before long, I will... She's going to have to look in a rearview mirror. And see <laughs> it. Uh, it turns out she has nothing to fear. <laughs> it actually, it, it, you're not going to believe this. It takes skill to play the way that she plays. And uh, it was a thing of beauty. And then you sent me that link to her banjo version of A Holy Night. Now, that's my wife's favorite Christmas carol. Mm-hmm. And she's not necessarily big on the banjo, but when I played banjo O Holy Night, she says, you have got to learn that. And I'm, I just don't know how to break the news to her. <laughs> right. That it probably won't happen. Well, it probably uh, won't happen. Yeah. I, I do want to let uh, listeners know that tomorrow during the interview, you will hear the full version of uh, Kristen's version of O Holy Night. So that's something to look forward to tomorrow's show. I think her... Yeah, her husband plays mandolin on it, and it has just this beautiful background. And I don't know, she's hitting 14 notes at a time. I, I don't know, know she how is. she I just yeah. don't, I don't get it. So that's coming up this week. It's I'm, cheating. Yeah, it's it cheating. is almost cheating. I, skill, yeah. talent, dedication, the stuff we don't have. I'm feeling a little indulgent this week just because it's Christmas. So I'm trying to do a couple of fun things, things that, you know, I, and she's got a fantastic testimony of her faith in the Lord. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just, it's going to be a great, uh, great show tomorrow as well. So. Patrick, thanks for uh, spending the time with me today and get out tonight, get, get on a walk, um, quote Psalm 8 take and look the, at the stars. I'll take the dog. Take the dog. <laughs> I will. And then as we uh, wrap things up here, I'm going to play a little of The Great Waterton by Kristen Scott Benson. As uh, uh, I guess we're not going to play it. I'm just getting a big wave from Nat that we're not going to do it. So, But I do want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I hear that's coming up. Yeah, as early as this week. As early as. Yeah, that's yeah. Gonna be- Cool. All right, Patrick, I will talk to you next. Well, I actually won't talk to you next week, but have a great uh, Christmas and blessings to you and your family. And then uh, talk to you soon. Same to you. Thanks. All right. Patrick Albanese, again, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. We'll be right back.
All right, we are back now with the Monday afternoon mix, Miles and Arnold. Unfortunately, there's no more Maxwell because of a conflict of time, but uh, boy, isn't that uh, sad that she's officially off the team. Oh, man. Yeah. It hurts. I agree. <laughs> I agree. She so, was so good. She so was smart. Bomb. Oh, yeah, totally. Seriously. Totally. So it's just you and me. Working it. Yeah, we're working Having it. Having fun. Oh, yeah. With our friends out in Bismarck and Hartford and Absolutely. Madison and Waterloo and Kansas City. Oh, some delicious barbecue. Kansas City. Yeah, it sounds good. You're making me hungry. Why'd you do this? Um, Getting close to dinner. Yeah, and people are driving home, so you're almost home. And Be so nice. praise God for a wonderful, as my wife Tammy has said, tells the kids and I have a marvelous Monday, and it's been Monday. And God's grace is so amazingly good, and we mm-hmm. just had a wonderful time getting to praise Him yesterday. But Bill, we get to praise God every day, I know. all and day long. And I'm not sure anyone's driving home right now. Uh, they might already be home because <laughs> they didn't go anywhere today. That is true for some. Yes, for some. Yeah, plenty, plenty are out on the road. Absolutely. All right. I think there is no better time to once again revisit Luke two and and uh, Matthew as well. Oh yes. Yes, wonderful passages. I know you got we, more goods for me. Oh, man, we are, like, digging back into Matthew chapter 2. And uh, to catch everyone back up, this is, like, the story of, it's the account of Jesus and this new bit of news that the um, writer of Matthew gives us. And so I want to just read this passage because it is so rich. And here we go, Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born, and they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold... The star that they had seen when it rose before them went until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And and listen, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gift, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Mm. It's always just so good just to read God's Word. I love it. And just to be be filled up with this amazing reality. The, the best words ever that could come over the airwaves is what you just did. Read God's Word. Yes. There's nothing better. Doesn't return void. No. Accomplishes his purposes. Yeah. Sharper than any two-edged sword. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right, let's unpack this one. Man, you know, one of the things that's fascinating um, about this passage is even just kind of the the times that people were living in. I mean, like, you know, Bill, if I were to ask you, um, what are you looking for? What would you say? Mm, if I was looking for, ask it in a different way. Okay. 
what are some things right now that you would be looking for? It's the last week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been an incredibly um, unplanned and unpredictable year. So just in a general sense, if, mm-hmm. if I had to ask you, what are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for ways in which I can bless people in my life. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that time, that sit down, write cards, make phone calls, that kind of thing. Ooh, that's sweet. Nate, are we going to get a card from Bill? Um, well, you just got a verbal card from me just now. <laughs> I love it. And you know, one of the things that's happening in the passage that we're looking at is that Israel was looking for the Messiah. And what's amazing about this time um, is that there are a lot of different things that were going on. So we're not alone when we kind of feel some of the, the, the stress. You know, so Israel is at a time the Jewish people, they were living in land. They were occupied and oppressed by the Romans. Before the Romans, it was the Greek. And before that, the Persians. And before that, the Babylonians. And so they were living in uncertain um, times um, politically. And your passage that you love so much, Luke chapter 2, it opens up with Caesar Augustus calling for a census. And where we're at today is in Matthew 2, it's been two years after Jesus' birth in Matthew one eighteen, And we talked a little bit about this last week because in the passage it says that Jesus is a child, Padion, versus a baby, Brepho. And, you know, eventually what happens is that the wise men go into a house versus going into a stable. And we see this outbreak of this guy named Herod where he seeks to kill all the kids two years and under. Now, Herod is this half-Jewish, half-Idiomean who was appointed governor um, by the Romans in B.C. 47. And seven, seven years later, he's given the title of king. Did you just say Idiomean? No. What did you say? <laughs> Edomian. Edomian, okay. So thought, he was from the group of thought, the Edomites. Oh, okay, good. Because I was thinking that's the first time anyone said Edomian on my show. Except for you just said it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So now how do I take those words back? Okay. Uh, let's see here. Genghis Khan. But, no. I mean, but he was, he was a bad guy. Oh, man, he was. And I mean, so, a horrible guy. Yeah, so a little bit about him. And so uh, was Edomian. He was a yes, bad guy, he was. too. Yeah, and so Herod had this... This, you know, really terrible character flaw. Now, he was known for building the Temple in Jerusalem. He had given reduced taxes for people, but he was insanely suspicious. And the older he became, the more suspicious he grew. And some said in his older age that he was a murderous old man. So if anyone suspected, if he suspected anyone rivaling his power, he'd wipe him out. Now, Herod was quite the Romeo. Um, he had made will after will. He had 10 wives. All of them wanted their sons to succeed and six in his final years. But uh, he had been put on trial, and he went to Rome, and twice he ordered the execution of his wife, Marame, if he was sentenced to death. And when she found out uh, and became bitter towards him, you think? Mm-hmm. I think just a little bit? A little bit, yeah. He placed her on trial for adultery and had her executed. And then a year later, he had his mother-in-law, Alexandra, executed. Two of his sons, Alexander and Aristobulus, were assassinated by him, in the same city where he had married their mother 30 years earlier. Hmm. And here's what Caesar Augustus said. He said, it was safer to be Herod's pig than to be Herod's son. Wow. So this is the circumstances that when we open up Matthew chapter 2, and we read that at that time, you know, after the birth of Jesus, 
Herod was the king, and we see the words, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? That that caused drama with a capital D. Mm-hmm. All uppercase. Yeah. Everything's was, uppercase. What's interesting about this is that you have these magi, you know, they're coming from the east, coming thousands of miles to seek the one born king of the Jews. And here you have Herod, who's half Jewish, who then calls on the uh, chief priests, which were basically the celebrity pastors of the day, and the scribes, who were the lawyers and scholars, and says, hey, where, where's this guy at? Where, where, where was he supposed to be born? And they said, hey, king, it's a simple answer. He was born in Bethlehem, five miles away. But it's interesting that they don't go there. One, they've never gone there. Two, upon hearing news that this king is to be born, neither Herod nor the scribes nor the, the Pharisees or the Sadducees or any of them, um, they make the trip. And Bill, what's interesting is that you, you see this contrast between the wise men who were spiritually seeking and you see the contrast between the spiritually apathetic and indifferent. That literally you have these outsiders who are the ones who are seeking Jesus and the insiders who are kind of like, eh, that before, haven't we? Yeah. That's a pattern. That's a pattern. And, you know, what's kind of interesting about it is that when Herod hears that uh, they're looking for this king, the passage goes on to say that when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. You see, when Herod first came into power, Bill, he uh, proceeded to, you know, kill off the Sanhedrin, which was the Supreme Court of the day. And then he wiped out 300 um, court officials just out of hand. But it's interesting as this. Though Herod was disturbed, he did nothing. And as I was looking at that, I was kind of like, hmm. But I had to, you know, stop for a moment, tell the truth, shame the devil. But there have been times in my life where I've been disturbed and I didn't do anything. Mm. And I was thinking, you know... Folks can't see, but, you know, um, I, you know I, I used to have a seafood diet. If I saw it, I ate it. I, I love food. And my, my, my mom, mother-in-law, Joyce, is a phenomenal cook. And I saw my numbers, kind of, you know, weight numbers, like my weight climbed. And, you know, there were a couple of numbers. So I was like, hmm, those are interesting. Uh, and I was disturbed, but I didn't do anything. And uh, earlier this year, I was disturbed, and I did something, and now I have 47 fewer friends that I carry around. Mm -hmm. But listen, something didn't happen with me being disturbed until I made a change. And the reality of it is God is calling you to realize that he sent his son into the world to live a life you couldn't live, die a death that you couldn't die, and raise from the dead. And so we're not just celebrating like Christmas you know, around the gifts and stuff. It's the reality that mankind sinned and was in a broken relationship with the holy God of the universe. And he stepped in and he's like, listen, I send out a peace treaty. I want to know you and I want you to know me. And so I'm not sure for what that means for the person who's driving today, but if you've been sensing God speaking and tapping on your heart and saying, I want to know you, respond to that. Don't just be disturbed, but say, Yes, to the Lord. I wonder if they haven't been disturbed more than once 
in their past. They've been disturbed many times, and maybe they're hearing it again for the 17th time, David. And today's the day to, to be disturbed and then to do something about it, to take that step of faith, to ask, ask God to forgive you of your sin and to remove all of your unrighteousness from you, like it says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That can happen right now. You can be right with God right now. Go into the Christmas week having been reconciled with the Father. And receive the greatest gift of all. The greatest gift. I love to say that it's Jesus, not Jesus 2.0. Right. You know, so what did we just come out with the latest iPhone 12? I think so. And Jesus is the one true son of the living God, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's not going to change. No. No. That's really awesome. And, you know, Bill, sometimes we we wrestle because we might know that, but we struggle because we're striving to maintain control versus trusting God. You know, and the reality is in this passage, we see that because what Herod does in verse 7 is it says, Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And see, you see the, the magi, the wise men, they're showing up publicly. But Herod then calls these people privately and he says, listen, go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And in this passage, actually, Herod tells a bold faced lie. Totally. He has no intention of worshiping the child. And what's interesting in the, in the ancient language, it's actually a subjunctive, and it says something of, you know, go search diligently for the child. When you find him, bring him word that I might come and worship him. Whereas the wise men, they showed up and they just said, hey, we're here to worship. We've come to worship the king, indicative, definitive. Or as my, as my son Jackson likes to say, he says facts over opinions. Mm, like it. And so that's what happened. And, and I guess like as you, you go into this week and maybe you're listening, um, yeah, Herod, he built the temple, named it after himself. You know, he cut taxes, gave food to the needy, but he was just going through the motions. And I guess if you're driving this morning, this evening, actually, see it happens with pastors, you are, you're so used to being in the morning. <laughs> yeah. But the good news is any time is right to get right with God. Amen. But the question is, are you just going through the motions? Great question. I'm going to let listeners think about that one. We'll pick that up after the break. Pastor David Miles is my guest. Monday Afternoon Mix is happening. If you have a thought or something you'd like clarified, please let me know what it is. 877-933-2484. Be right back. way to get the day started the evening the evening yeah yes look at that voice <laughs> oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're talking about the birth of our Savior. Yeah, we were, and we're, we're talking about some of the circumstances around it, you know, with Herod and with these, you know, outsider wise men showing up. What's really interesting about this is that the, the wise men trusted themselves, I mean, like, utterly to God. I mean, like, think of this. They traveled, you know, many, many miles following a star, which, Bill, what time did you say the star is going to be out tonight? 45 minutes after sunset, so getting close. Wow. Yeah, Jupiter and, and Saturn will be passing and in think, six arc minutes of each other. Six arc minutes. Whatever that means. I'm not sure what that means. I don't either. Sounds good. Sounds cool. <laughs> and so all of this time, God has sovereignly allowed the world to continue to go around the sun. And here we are on this very day, and we're going to see the star. And so these wise men, they follow the star, they come to Jerusalem, and then they're told to go to Bethlehem because of this prophecy. And so they listened to the king because the king had listened to the scribes, and the scribes had listened to the word of God. And the word of God had sovereignly said that the king born to the Jews would be born at that time. And, you know, I'm not exactly sure for people as they're driving what they're, what, what, what's going on in their lives. God does. And what area you need to trust the Lord in. But I want to encourage you with the story of another Gentile. Another Gentile who trusted God and continued to Bethlehem. If we go back one chapter to Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, we read the name of a Moabite woman named Ruth. And Ruth became a resident of Bethlehem because she followed her mother, Naomi, to Bethlehem. And little did Ruth know that when she sovereignly trusted the Lord and said those words that we've heard before, where you go, I will go, where you lodge, I will lodge, your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Little did she know what was in store, that this Gentile woman would be in the lineage of the Savior of the world. And so oftentimes we don't know exactly what people are going through, but listen, the story is bigger than you. And another part of this is your story isn't, tr- isn't through, mm-hmm. you know. So, so that important part uh, of where you're at of hold on to God's unchanging hand and continue to press in him and to trust him. You know, what's cool is that the wise men, well, they were wise men. And they, you know, practice the words of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean out on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path through to Bethlehem through the word of God. And as God has directed the path of the wise men, trust him to direct your life. I like. So here's a question that came in from a listener, which I'm certain neither of us will be able to answer. But let's uh, at least show... Uh, <laughs> Show how little we know at times, okay? Because I don't think Scripture reveals this. But the question is, what happened to all of the gold and frankincense and myrrh that was given to Jesus? And what happened to Joseph? I don't believe Scripture lets us know what those answers are. No, not like, you know, clearly saying like, here's where it was spent and at the store um, and the like. But one of the things that we do see Um, is God's sovereign provision before events happen. Because the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream and tells him, you know, you need to flee, you need to leave the country Mm -hmm. because Herod's looking to kill. And actually, 
their provided resources of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But we don't know what happened, and uh, we don't know what happened with Joseph. Mm-hmm. I will love to know in, in heaven when we get to glory what, what that answer is. Because you have a feeling that perhaps Jesus buried his dad, his stepdad, his earthly father. Yeah. We don't know that. We don't. And one of the things is passage speaks, uh, scripture speaks to Joseph being uh, a carpenter Mm -hmm. and even a Tekron. And it speaks to uh, Jesus being the son of that. And so being in Bethlehem outside of Stone's Throw of Jerusalem where the temple was built and the temple was built starting in 4 AD and wasn't completed. If I remember right, Bill, I think you might know, was it 64 or 57 AD? Mm, not sure. 57 sounds right. You know, so there, that was a pretty lengthy time of yeah. construction. Mm-hmm. Text doesn't say, yeah. you know, but there may have been work there for them, which is why for those couple of years after returning, they stayed, mm-hmm. you know, in the land. And another listener, Jim, who's, a real thinker, and he said there's so many instances of Roman soldiers, centurions interacting with Paul and Peter, etc. I wondered, I really believe that at least one of them might have been involved with the slaughter of the innocents. Maybe the centurion who thought himself unworthy to have Jesus under his roof. Interesting to think about. And the soldier at the cross who says, truly this was the Son of God. Yeah. Truly, he yeah. was. And, you know, it's interesting is oftentimes speaking about, you know, centurions being um, equipped with power because when Herod, he gets driven out of Jerusalem, he uh, shows up in Rome and they give him uh, 12 legion of angels, or excuse me, 12, uh, two legions of soldiers that go back to Jerusalem. And he basically decimates the Perithians to take over and where, where he's made governor. One of the the fascinating things is that in the Gospels, when Jesus is in the garden, it it records that Judas shows up and reaching for Jesus, it's Peter who cuts off the ear of Malchus, the Mm -hmm. high priest. And Bill, do you remember what what Jesus says uh, to Peter about putting away the sword? And he goes on to say, you know what, if I wanted to, I could call 12 legion of angels from my father, but this is, be, this is being done so that scripture would be fulfilled, that mm. God's sovereign word would happen. And one of the things that's really fascinating about, and I love about that, that passage, is you read in Second Kings um, of how, you know, during the time of Hezekiah, that Sennacherib atta- attacks the land. And God tells... Um, Hezekiah through Isaiah, not to worry because God's going to take care of this particular situation. And what happens in 2 Kings 19, it has this word, And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 of the camp of the Assyrians. Now that says angel singular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Now in a Roman legion there was between 4,200 and 6,400 soldiers. Now, this is just my, my sanctified imagination in this. Jesus says that he could call out 12 legion of angel. So Jesus had the capacity in the garden to call out angels that could wipe out anywhere from 9.32 to 14.1 billion people. Right now we're on the planet, there's 7.5 billion. All of that to say is that 
Had Jesus wanted to, he could have went up to the Mount of Olives, got an iced tea and said, game, set, match, and wiped out humanity. Mm -hmm. And yet he who had all power, he who was really the true king, still for our sakes, went to the cross. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame that we might have life. And that, that is amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. What a celebration of um, that we're going to have this week, that Jesus came in the flesh to die for our sins. It and is. that we may know him as our Lord and Savior. All you have to do is ask, repent, believe, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the wise men caught on to this because... The last thing we really see about them in this passage is that they were singularly worshiping Christ versus self. You know, they made a pursuit to leave their lands and to pursue and follow Jesus, and they gave their entire lives to him. And when they show up in the house, they have exceedingly great joy. They have quadruple joy, and they're able to fall down and worship him. So we invite you, worship Christ. Amen. David, thank you so much, and Merry Christmas to you and your fam. Great to see you. Merry Christmas to you, buddy. Great to see you. Pastor David Miles has been my guest. The Monday Afternoon Mix. After a little break, we'll be back. Dr. Andy Scuddinger, psychology professor. We're going to get into your head. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.